Recently, my daughter was invited to go on a school excursion down to Hobart, where they were able to visit the parliament and finish up with an attendance at UTAS, where they were subject to a couple of lectures from the the law department there. Now, this was really concerning. And the reason it was really concerning is because those who gave the lectures should have known better. They should have known that what they were presenting was not a solid case. And I find this rather ironic and very frustrating when it comes from the law department of our state university. Here's one of the reasons why I was really frustrated and concerned. And by the way, have been frustrated and have been concerned and have heard some of these things presented and just assumed somebody's going to come up and knock this out of the ballpark and show people why this is a really faulty way of thinking about things. What my daughter heard during that lecture was a set of assumptions presented by one of the senior lecturers as if those assumptions were themselves arguments. She also heard opinions. These opinions were dressed up as evidence. And then she heard the lecturers give certain assumptions, their own personal assumptions that they gave as if they were facts. And to top it off, these lecturers both used ridicule to mock those who disagreed with them. Now, here's the problem. Assertions are not arguments. They're just so statements. An argument is something that is grounded in evidence. It it comes with its own set of reasons. Now, those reasons might be good or bad or solid or not so solid, but nevertheless, an argument is grounded in reasons. And of course, opinions are just that. They're just what you think. Now, you may think correctly. You may have a really good opinion about this. Your opinion may be informed. But when your opinion is just an opinion, you can't present that as evidence. And assumptions, well, again, they're just so statements. They're just things that you can assume. You can assume that your opponents are all dim-witted, but that may not actually be be the case at all. And, of course, that leads to this whole thing of ridicule. Oftentimes, in the the issues that are currently being debated, and in this particular issue, and I'll use this as a case study, it was about same-sex or same-gender marriage. And the argument was, was dressed up as an argument. It was actually an assertion was dressed up that those who disagree with so-called marriage equality are actually narrow-minded, intolerant, Uh, lacking any sense of progression and anti to the values that we as a society and community hold to. Now, here's the problem, of course. Those of us who have a counter viewpoint, and that's generally the religious, and for this particular set of lecturers, it was certainly the religious and Christians in particular who were targeted as being the narrow-minded, hate-filled, intolerant bigots who show no concern or care for the broader society only for their their idea of what is right and wrong and the the imposition of their religion on society. Now I got to tell you that's not my position at all and I'm pretty well connected with other fellow pastors and ministers in our city and around our state and I can tell you that's not their position either. We do have five really good reasons why we are concerned about marriage and particularly why we see this whole issue of same-sex marriage or same-gender marriage as very, very concerning. And it's not because we're narrow-minded, 
hate-filled, intolerant, bigots, not at all. Here's the first of the five reasons. Number one, it's the very nature of truth itself. If things can be redefined on the run, certain realities can be denied as what they patently are and can be presented as something which they clearly are not, then we have a problem with truth-telling in society. This is the first one of our major concerns. It has to do with the very nature of truth. How do we know what is real, what is true? Now, that's a discussion that's not really being had at the moment because of the vitriol, that is the hate speech, and the ridicule that's being thrown at anybody who dares to question or raise a concern about marriage. Secondly, parental rights. Parental rights are in jeopardy with with this whole agenda. And, and the reason parental rights are in jeopardy is obviously two people of the same gender are unable as a couple to have children. And so those children have got to come from somewhere else. And that means that at least one of the parents of that child is going to have, by virtue of this, is going to have diminished rights. Added to this, people who think that this is, you know, no, what does it matter? People can do whatever, are going to have their children subject to certain things that will be taught in schools, promoted by governments and so on, that are contrary to their values. And you don't even have to be religious to be affected by this. Thirdly, we have moral objections. Now, before people assume that that means we have religious objections, it's worth understanding that you don't have to be religious to be a moral person. And yet, whenever moral objections are raised, the, the, the pushback is generally, it's wrong to bring your morality into this debate. And of course, that's a really ironic thing to say, because morality is how we understand right from wrong. That's what morality is. Morality is like temperature. It doesn't tell you anything about the temperature. It just tells you what we're discussing. And when someone says it's wrong to bring your morality into this debate, that in itself is actually a moral statement. Now, of course, we do have concerns, moral concerns about this very issue. And morality is is really evidenced by that which is in the welfare and best interests of people. Immorality is that which generally brings harm. And we have some concerns about this. Concerns for children, concerns for participants, including their physical and mental health, which are two issues that are being raised by proponents of same-sex marriage as some of the reasons for same-sex marriage because of the alarming rate of mental health uh, outcomes being 300 to 400% worse than the general community, which we acknowledge. But we think that same-sex marriage is not the answer. In fact, it's a mirage to think that same-sex marriage can resolve these issues. And that's what the data actually points to. Fourthly, religious freedom. We've already seen instances in America and other parts of the world where on religious grounds, people such as bakers, florists, photographers, even churches and even ministers of religion have refused to participate in same-sex ceremonies on the grounds of religious conviction. And they've been taken to court, they've been fined, and they have suffered punitive damages. 
And this is a real issue. It needs to be discussed. And at the moment, it's not even on the radar of public debate. And fifthly, compassion. I mentioned before about the issue of mental health. It is one of the issues. It was actually raised by one or both of the lecturers in the debate, so-called debate, that my daughter attended in Hobart. And we acknowledge this is a problem. But the data says wherever same-sex marriage has been introduced, the mental health outcomes of those in the LGBTQ communities has not improved. And arguably, for example, the data in from Massachusetts shows it's actually got worse. So out of sheer compassion for people, we think this is a false hope. This is something that is held as the answer to these problems. The high suicide rate, the high mental health rates that are, that are worse by three to 400% than the general community, when in fact the data says not only does it not help, it arguably makes it worse. So out of sheer compassion for people, we who are religious think that we have some real concerns about this. We have compassion for all people, not just religious people. So there's five really good reasons why we don't agree with the concept of same-sex marriage. It has nothing to do with hate, narrow-minded, intolerance or bigotry, or anything like that. And as we approach the plebiscite, it's my concern that these arguments, these concepts, these ideas won't even get a hearing in the general community. If you'd like to read more about this and other issues, then I invite you to have a look at findingtruthmatters.org where I discuss this and other hot topics. And these are things that really matter. I'm Andrew Corbett.